The situation update for Wednesday, April 6th, 2022. Mike Adams here. We've got major bombshell intel to share with you that will absolutely affect your life and it will change the way you operate from here forward. Going to share that with you here just, just shortly in a few seconds. And But before I mention that, I want to encourage you, if you know somebody who could benefit from having this advanced knowledge that I'm going to share with you, I encourage you to share this podcast with them. And remember, you can't share Brighton URLs on Facebook or Twitter because of the extreme left-wing censorship and the, you know, the Marxism that the left has been demonstrating in uh, denying free speech. Well, the truth is that those very same leftists who have become speech Nazis, who have become intolerant, they are going to die from starvation because they censored the voices like mine that could bring them life-saving information about what is about to happen in the United States with the food supply that will, will kill many of them. You understand? So it just says Google censored search results on natural medicinal cancer cures, which exist. There are many of them. Lots of ways to reverse cancer, reverse diabetes, reverse Alzheimer's, and so on. And yet they're all censored by Google. And that was many years ago. That was in 2017, I think, with the medic update. They just went all in with Big Pharma at that time because they had to get ready to push the vaccine narrative because they knew what was coming in 2020 or 2021, technically. I mean, they knew, they knew the whole COVID scenario because it was planned out in advance. So we're at the point where people who have the knowledge that you're getting from this situation update, those people will live. People who don't have this kind of knowledge, who are only tuned into mainstream media, a large percentage of them will die over the next couple of years. Many are already going to die from vaccines. Many are going to have vaccine-induced AIDS by the end of this year. A large percentage of those will be dead by 2025. Even more dead from cancer caused by the vaccines, dead by 2030. And in the next two years, you're going to see a lot of people dead from starvation. But actually, the vaccine deaths will be much bigger in the United States. But in the third world, the starvation deaths will be much bigger. So actually, I'm, I'm going to share the intel here with you in just a second. But let, let me explain something. You see, the, the globalists, as they're trying to achieve global depopulation, mass extermination of the human race, they realized that they had to have multiple weapon systems against humanity because of the different levels of uptake in developed nations, first world nations, versus developing nations. So you may notice that the vaccine uptake in Africa has been marginal. In some countries, it's only 3%. Whereas in certain liberal cities in America, the vaccine uptake rate is close to 90%. So they knew, the globalists knew that the vaccines could achieve extermination of first world nations, but could not exterminate developing nations. The weapon for that is starvation. And the way to achieve that from a globalist point of view is to simply raise the prices of food and fuel because those developing nations are already living a marginal level of sustenance where even small increases, 15% increase, for example, in food prices can put many of those people into a caloric deprivation and ultimately famine. And that process has already begun. And there are riots in Peru now, reported in the last 24 hours, over increased prices of food and fuel. We're going to talk about Peru today. But folks, recognize the riots have come to South America now, months ahead of when I predicted they would. So this is another case where I was too conservative in the predictions of the timing, and it's happening now. So let me get to the intel that I have to share with you today. This intel, this is one of those pieces of intel that I got the confirmatory piece today, but I got the original idea several days ago from a different source, but I did not report on it because I didn't have confirmation of it. So from several days ago, I got intel from a source that is located in, well, I shouldn't, not physically, but tied to the DC swamp, you know, tied to policy surrounding the, the White House and the State Department and so on. This source told me that there was an order 
that had gone out. Well, let me back up. They said, actually, what was it, over a year ago, that the order had gone out to the unions running the ports, the seaports, to push work slowdowns in order to jam up the ports. And that that was all blamed on COVID. And remember how the ocean vessels were backed up for two or three months just waiting to unload. And, and actually, that backlog still exists to some extent. And remember how the trucks in California were not allowed to uh, pick up containers unless they had special emissions controls that were unique to California. So they had to pick up the containers on certain trucks and then drive to the border of California, unload the containers, load them up onto other trucks, you know, for Arizona or Nevada or wherever, and then continue. And so there was, was this deliberate slowdown, and it was all ordered by the Biden regime. So the White House created the, the slowdowns with the help of union bosses, and they blamed it on COVID. They blamed it on the lockdowns. Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering, like, how did they pull this off when Trump was still in the White House uh, in 2020? It's because Obama has been commanding the unions to do what he orders them to do. So Obama is really running the Biden regime today. And even before Biden got into power, Obama is still running many different organizations, such as certain unions. So Obama was trying to create uh, an economic slowdown and, and crash the stock market in order to make people unhappy so that they would vote for someone different, someone other than Trump. And that combined with all the censorship and then the election rigging and the multiple counting of uh, illegal ballots and so on, then of course they, they rigged the election, they stole it, they put Biden into the White House. And then from there, Biden simply took over and continued to get commands from Obama to continue the economic slowdowns. And one of the things that Biden did on day one was he signed all these executive orders to shut down America's energy pipelines. So this was then part of the engineered blueprint shutdown of America's economy, which continued the policies of the slowdown of logistics from the ports. And this caused then the supply chain disruptions that still haunt us to this day and are, are plaguing the economy, everything from vehicle sales to tractor parts, which is slowing down agriculture and so on and so forth, okay? So understand that that's the background uh, context for what I'm about to tell you. So the same source that told me that a long time ago recently told me in the last few days that a new order had gone out from the White House to the railway systems and that the order was to tell, well, to, to order the rail carriers in America, and I think there are three major carriers, to find a way to slow down the delivery of anything related to food. Because they, again, they, they want to create scarcity. They want to create starvation. And it's obvious that as this happens, by the way, it's going to be blamed on Russia. So that was intel from a few days ago. And then I received new intel from a different source just a few hours ago. And this source, he may choose to reveal himself in the next day or two. I, he didn't really give me permission to mention his name. But uh, yeah, you'll probably find out who it is, but I'll, I'll leave that to him. He has learned that the rail carriers are now declaring force majeure on uh, contracts to deliver grain supplies to uh, dairy herds across America. And I mean, I was just, I was told dairy herds, but it, it will probably also encompass, you know, any kind of low cost grains going into, you know, cattle operations or other kinds of agricultural animal-based operations, you know, hog farms and things like that. So the way this works is in the rail industry, there are different, different premiums or different costs associated with, diff with carrying different types of loads. So uh, railways can get paid a lot more money by carrying, let's say, retail goods and delivering to retail establishments, or at least carrying it cross-country and then local trucks pick it up and deliver it to, you know, to the local retailers through distribution hubs and things like that. I mean, 
let's say Home Depot, or let, let's take Lowe's because I, I know there, there's a big distribution hub for Lowe's in um, Wyoming. I think it's in Cheyenne. Um, I used to work with the governor of Wyoming on the uh, business council there. We were, we actually approved the, uh, the, the tax abatement for Lowe's to buy that land and set up that warehouse in Wyoming. By the way, I was part of that group. But anyway, that's irrelevant. So Lowe's gets a lot of hardware from China. The hardware shows up at the port on shipping containers. From there, it goes on to rail. And then it goes from Los Angeles to Cheyenne, mostly on rail. And then in the Cheyenne distribution warehouse, which has like 150 different docks for, you know, for rigs, for trucks, then, at, and they have, you know, 100 forklifts running in there. Then they distribute all the containers to all the individual trucks that then drive to the individual Lowe's retail stores across America. That's how that works. Again, it goes from ship to rail to truck to the store. And that's true for Home Depot, and it's true for even a lot of grocery retailers and so on and so forth. So the rail companies have high dollar loads and they have low dollar loads. And the low dollar loads are the bulk grains that are delivered to ranching operations and dairy farms. And what the rail companies are now doing is they're, as I said, they're declaring force majeure for those contracts that represent grain deliveries to the ranch animals, but they're keeping their contracts for the higher dollar deliveries of goods for, for retail. So in other words, the trains are still running. They're just refusing to deliver the necessary inputs for the dairy and meat industry. Now, do you think that's a coincidence? The answer, of course, is no, not a coincidence at all. And the rail carriers have been ordered to do this. And they're giving the excuse right now, at least internally, they're saying, oh, it's because of COVID. It's because of the lockdowns. It's because we, we don't have enough people to run the trains and, you know, operate everything. But you're going to hear about this. Well, actually, here, here's what you're going to hear. Within the next 30 days, you're going to see stories in the mainstream media that talk about how entire herds of dairy cows are being culled and other types of ranch animals, you know, meat, cows and pork and so on. You're going to, you're going to hear all kinds of stories of all of the slaughter going on. And the stories are going to say that it's due to the grain shortage caused by Russia. Okay. That's, that's the official narrative that you're going to get, but it's actually caused by the force majeure of the rail the, the rail carriers who are refusing to carry grains because they've been ordered to do so by the White House. Now, here's the upshot of this that is mind-blowing. It takes eight years to replace a dairy herd. So if you slaughter all the milk cows, it, it takes you eight years to bring them back. I mean, you have to have new ones. You've got to raise new baby cows, and then they have to get mature and you can't actually just have all the cows all at once. It takes a few years to have cow-calf operations and so on. And then, you know, they have to mature in, to be able to be milked and so on. It takes about eight years to replace a dairy herd. That takes us to 2030. And so this one move by the White House, this force majeure of the rail carriers, having them not deliver grain to the dairy herds, this is going to create milk and cheese and dairy shortages all the way through the year 2030. And this is happening right now. This is underway right now. Now, the herds have not yet been culled. So if there were, let's say, some emergency intervention, you know, save the cows, save the dairy herds, uh, if that were successful, maybe we would still have milk and cheese for the next few years. But if this effort by the White House is successful, mark my words, you will be living in a dairy desert for the next eight years in America. 
you will not see cheese and milk at anywhere near the prices that you are seeing them now. Now, meat will be temporarily affordable because they're slaughtering all the dairy cows and the other cows. They're slaughtering the herds because they can't afford to feed them. So there might be a little surge of meat into the food supply, and that won't last very long because, you know, you're, you're killing the, the goose that lays the golden egg or you're killing the, the cow that gives, gives you the milk, <laughs> right? Now, this isn't the only data point of the attack on the dairy industry. And, and again, this is a Joe Biden, well, really an Obama attack on the dairy industry. So anybody out there listening, if you work in dairy, hope to God you didn't vote for Joe Biden, because if you did, you're getting exactly what you voted for, by the way. Hopefully you voted for someone other than Biden, maybe Trump, and you know that the election was stolen, and this is what happens when elections are stolen, and when you have traitors like Mike Pence who won't do the right thing and question the rigged results when it counts, by the way. And you didn't have enough courageous members of the U.S. Senate to stand up and do anything, and then you had the rig rigged, staged a January 6th situation to distract everybody from the truth about the election being rigged and so on. So this, this has been a playbook from day one about how to install Joe Biden into the White House and then meticulously take down America's energy infrastructure and food infrastructure, while, of course, ongoing uh, culture wars, pedophilia, child grooming through Disney, and now we have, uh, what, Katanji Brown Jackson going to be nominated, it appears, as the next Supreme Court justice. She doesn't know what a woman is, and she's a protector of pedophiles. And Mitt Romney, the rhino traitor in the U.S. Senate, who I think, in my opinion, should be charged and prosecuted for his crimes against America at some point, but he is protecting Ketanji Brown Jackson. He's voting for her. So Mitt Romney is a pedophile protector. And so is the next Supreme Court justice who doesn't know what a woman is. But hey, that's a different podcast. That's the attack on our culture. The far more serious, acute attack on America is the attack on the energy infrastructure and the food supply. This is an engineered demolition of the food supply in America. Just like they took down Building 7, they're taking down the food system. Now, you have advance warning by listening to this podcast and connecting with the people that I interview. And it's not just me, it's alt media. There are some really amazing people out there. You can hear most of them on brighton.com. But there's people like uh, Christian, the uh, Ice Age farmer. Very informative guy. Very important to listen to him. Uh, I've interviewed people about the grand solar minimum, like uh, David Dubine, for example. That's a recent interview. You got to check that out. Dubine, D U B Y N E. And I've interviewed experts on how to grow food, like Marjorie Wildcraft. Uh, well, and I might as well mention, she is now an official sponsor of Brighteon. And the website you can go to to watch her free webinar on how to grow food is icangrowfood.com. And I strongly urge you, whenever you can, as soon as you can, go there, register, watch her video. It's, uh, I don't know, a couple hours or so. And it teaches you the basics of how to grow about half the food that you need to live in about an hour a day using the equivalent space of three parking spaces. And that's it. And I've seen her do this. I visited her ranch in Texas. She knows how to do it. But these are just some of the experts that I interview to bring you this kind of intel. And understand what I'm telling you right here today, you're going to see this in the media over the next 30 days. Trust me, you're going to see it. Dairy herds being culled, dairy herds not getting enough food. Oh, and it's all Russia's fault. I can, I can read the future, it seems, right? <laughs> because, I, because we're getting the intel in advance and we're sharing it with you in advance. So what does this mean to you? It means you might want to think about getting yourself some Nubian milking goats, you know? Now, I have goats. I have Nigerian dwarf goats, and I did milk them for some time. It's a lot of work, 
with the the little tiny dwarf goat teats, by the way. I'm not even joking. Those you gotta really work those things. You can't even get your whole hand around it because it's so small because they're dwarf goats. They have little, you know, dwarf milking hardware too. You're just sitting there milking a little dwarf with your fingers, like squirt, 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 squirt. You know, you do that for 20 minutes, you're like, oh, I got a cup of milk. <laughs> you know, it takes some work. So get yourself some little bit larger goats. The Nubians are pretty good for that. Or get yourself a dairy cow and, you know, go at it. Get yourself some fresh farm milk, you know, raw milk, non-homogenized, non-pasteurized. That's, that's some healthy stuff, by the way. Because if, if you don't find a way to produce some of your own milk, oh, your days of eating cheese are going to be long gone real soon now. Or you're going to be paying, you know, quadruple for the cheese. You know, a, a pack of sliced cheese that was like five bucks, yeah, it'll be 20 bucks, you know, before long. Yeah, that's right. Now, as you know, I'm in the food business, healthrangerstore.com. You know, we we buy and package and test and, you know, manufacture millions of pounds of food every year. Uh, clean food, you know, lab-tested food, organic food, all that kind of thing. We, I, we had a batch of powdered milk, certified organic, uh, certified free-range. Uh, seems like it was a couple of months ago, or maybe six weeks, when we were told there's no more certified free-range organic powdered milk anymore in America for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's what we were told. So that whole supply is gone. I don't even think we have any left. I, I, I was checking the website before I started this podcast, and I, I couldn't find any at all. I think it's gone. And we were selling that powdered milk in number 10 cans. But, you know, it's skim milk. Obviously, it doesn't have fat in it so that it has extended shelf life. And so it tastes pretty thin compared to, you know, real milk or 2% milk or whole milk, surely. But if you like milk, you know, powdered milk is better than no milk, you might say. <laughs> Maybe you could add a little coconut oil to it or something. I don't know. Have like coconut skim milk. Might take a little getting used to, but... We're all going to have to get used to some interesting stuff. Remember yesterday I was talking about blending up superfood smoothies using moth-infested organic almonds. So uh, things are going to get interesting. But I can tell you there is absolutely no more free-range organic powdered milk in North America that can be purchased at a commercial level. It does not exist. might not exist for a decade, for all we know, depending on what happens with these herds. So I want you to understand that your government has declared war on you. And the corporations have gone along with it. Big tech, big pharma, big media, right? They've all gone along with it. For whatever reason, they decided to sign up for the fascism that we're living under now, and it's being turned into democide, which is death by government. This is, this is genocide. This is... Uh, planetary scale ethnic cleansing against the human race. And they knew that they were losing the vaccine war because there were too many people coming out like Dr. Brian Artis, for example, and Robert Malone and uh, Alex Berenson and, and uh, so many amazing people, too many named uh, Dr. McCullough, for example, Peter McCullough, and so many others. We're coming out and going public and, and Sherry Tenpenny and spreading the truth about, oh, and attorney Thomas Renz and so on, spreading the truth about what was happening with the vaccines. And people did not take the vaccine in the numbers that the globalists had planned. Again, the developing nations rejected it out of hand. Think about Nigeria, for example. You know what the vaccine uptake rate is in Nigeria? It's in the single digits. I don't, I, they didn't get to 10%. Because the Nigerians are like, oh, the crazy white man coming with a needle, you know, and they're, they're smart. They're smart. Like crazy white people with needles. Uh, we run away. I mean, they would they would jump out the windows and flee the vaccination vans. And it's the right thing to do, it turns out. And they're not all dying from COVID. No, it's it's the people who took the vaccine that are dying from the vaccines. You realize we have over one million excess deaths in America right now. I mean, over the last year. 
since well since the vaccine started, a little bit more than a year. Steve Kirsch has been covering that on Substack, by the way. So the the vaccine strategy to try to kill off the American people, it failed. Now it's still going to kill tens of millions of people over the next decade, but they got nowhere near the mass death they were trying to achieve. And that's when I believe they decided to really crank up the weaponization of the food supply in order to create artificial scarcity, mass starvation, you know, famine, and then the social unrest that would naturally follow. They need the social unrest because they need chaos in America. They need to declare martial law before the midterm elections. So they're, well, in order to not have the elections. And they're trying to create chaos as quickly as possible. This is why they're ordering the rail carriers to declare force majeure and to stop delivering food to the, the animal herds, among other things. So the idea is they need America's cities to be burning by, let's say, late summer so they can declare a, a new national emergency. They can declare essentially martial law, but it may not be called that, you know, we called something else. It'll be mandatory lockdowns, curfews, that kind of thing. Basically, all your rights are suspended, and then they will either suspend the elections or they will find a way to have them all held by uh, vote by mail or vote from home, or they'll just mail out ballots to everybody because of whatever emergency they came up with. Hey, maybe they'll release another bioweapon by then. But they'll find a way to either cancel the elections or rig them, one or the other so that they can stay in power and continue this meticulous day-by-day -day extermination attempt of the American people. But for, to our credit, the American people have already rejected the vaccines at pretty large numbers. You know, the official statistics claiming how many people have been vaccinated in America, they're all lies. That's, it's more deceptive than Ukraine's reporting on what's happening you know, <laughs> with the war with Russia. I mean, you can't believe anything coming out from the propaganda centers of Washington, D.C. or Kiev or, you know, Justin Trudeau in Canada, for that matter, or any of these Western countries. They're all run by liars and pedophiles and crooks and actors in some cases, like in uh, Ukraine. He's an actor. Chosen because he's an actor. So they need the chaos. Now, let me share something else with you here that on the political side, they also need, when I say they, in this case, I mean the Democrats and the globalists, they need to get rid of Joe Biden before the midterm elections, if they're going to allow them to be held at all. They have to get rid of Joe Biden. What has become clear to me lately, and remember, what was it, over a week ago, I got intel that said that uh, there were indictment documents already being circulated for uh, the Bidens and also Hillary Clinton and also Barack Obama. And then it was two days later, the Washington Post and CNN came out and they disclosed their big story about Hunter Biden's laptop. And, uh, I, you know, I, I told you in advance of that, that there were going to be indictments and that uh, the, the Biden family would be uh, criminally, you know, linked to whatever's found on the laptop, some of which is the funding of bioweapons laboratories in Ukraine, of course, among other things. Bribery, kickbacks, official corruption, that kind of thing. And of course, Hillary Clinton has been involved in official corruption for, forever, you know, since the Arkansas days, or should I say Arkansas. So here's how this looks like it's going to go down. It looks like in the next few months, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are going to face indictments, criminal indictments. And this is all being done on purpose. This is all scripted. Uh, Joe Biden will resign. He will be replaced initially by Kamala, but she won't stay long. She will stay long enough to issue an official pardon for Joe and Hunter Biden. And the way this is going to work in the media is they're going to blame all the mistakes on the Biden family, and then they're going to get rid of the Bidens and get him out of the way before the midterm elections, 
And they're even going to get rid of Kamala and have a fresh face come in. Somebody that's not yet hated by everybody who's paying attention. Somebody that's a little more innocent looking. Somebody who doesn't have a reputation like Kamala of being a mean, crazy witch to her own staff, by the way. What, what is it that her staffers say? That it, it's, it's like mind-numbing cruelty is what Kamala Harris, it's what it's like to, to work around her. It's, just, it, it's a numbing, torturous experience. Well, that's the way she's perceived by anybody that pays attention to her. So they're going to bring in somebody else. And all of this has to happen very soon if they're going to maintain power in the midterms. And then everything that the voters see in the grocery stores in terms of food price inflation and at the gas pump with fuel price uh, increases, all of that's going to continue to be blamed on Russia. And this is why the Biden and, and Obama, this is why they must continue to wage war in Ukraine. And this is why they're ordering Zelensky to not negotiate with Russia, to do, do not capitulate, do not end this conflict, because America needs the conflict to continue so they have a scapegoat for the economic pain that's being inflicted on the American people by Joe Biden and Barack Obama. I mean, these people are so evil, they will commit essentially economic genocide against the American people and then keep a war going in Ukraine so that they have a narrative to blame Putin for all the pain and suffering that the American people are going through. And if there are Americans who are gullible enough and stupid enough to pay triple at the gas pump and triple at the grocery store and then somehow go home and tell themselves, well, it's all Putin's fault and not link it to Biden's policies of shutting down everything. Well, my goodness, you can't help those people, can you? Do you, what, what, do you, what do you say to somebody like that? You know, you can't even red pill them because they, they, they want to be blue pilled all day long. But that's what is coming, folks. That's what's coming. We're going to have to get ready in a way that we, uh, we may have never imagined before. Now, in, in case you're just joining me here, or also to summarize what we've just covered, so the, the White House has ordered the rail carriers in America to declare selective force majeure on contracts of delivering bulk grains to dairy herds by rail. And so that is in the process of being done right now. The dairy herds are going to be starving to death very soon, within a matter of days. And the dairy herds, and, and other herds too, uh, meat, meat animals and so on, they're going to be culled in very large numbers. And this is all designed to destroy the food supply in the long run, in this case, targeting dairy production. So your days of having affordable, available milk and cheese and whatever your favorite dairy product is, yogurt, uh, forget it. If you thought, if you wanted, like those yogurt containers keep getting smaller and smaller every single month. Have you noticed that? A little tiny yogurt container, pretty soon it's going to be a thimble, little tiny thimble of yogurt for like $5, you won't even be able to get your pinky in there and scoop it out. Oh, that was awesome. $5 yogurt. And it's like, dude, that was about the size of your finger. But uh, your yogurt snarfing days are, are over. Let me tell you, there's a word I haven't heard in a while, snarfing. Yeah. Now, in addition to this, do not forget that Joe Biden shut down the energy pipelines on day one after he got in as the fake president. He signed the fake executive orders. They're all illegal, by the way, but they're still being followed. And he shut down all the pipelines. Well, I should say, essentially, permits and operations for thousands of potential pipelines that would carry natural gas or oil, or other forms of energy. And then as a result, fertilizer production in America took a big hit. And so without fertilizer, or at least very sharply limited supplies of fertilizer, the American farmer can't afford to apply fertilizer to the farm fields. And remember what I shared with you a few days ago, that in some cases, farmers who used to pay $200 an acre to fertilize their fields are now paying over $2,000 an acre to fertilize their fields. So 1,000 acres is $2 million in fertilizer. And yet 
a farmer, what would they normally earn from a thousand acres? Maybe only three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars if they do well. So, you know, what farmer is going to go out and spend two million dollars on fertilizer plus seed plus fuel plus maintenance plus their own time and everything else in order to earn three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars? No, doesn't make economic sense if you're a farmer. And you might argue, oh, well, well, food prices are much higher. They're going to be much higher. And so maybe the farmer can, can earn more. Well, that's only true if you don't understand the elasticity of the demand curve. You can't just charge anything for food and still have the same volume of buyers because the demand goes down as the price goes up. I mean, if you're charging $20 a pound for green beans, a lot of people are not going to eat green beans. People are going to try to shift to other things or eat less or buy in different forms. And so you can't just sell unlimited amounts of food at crazy, crazy high prices if you're a farmer. You, you, the demand just isn't there at that price. So a lot of farmers are choosing to let their fields lie fallow. They're just not farming right now. They're just not planting. And in Europe, by the way, there's been a cold spell that's actually underway right now little Arctic cold spell that's going to shock all the springtime planting that is taking place there right now. And weather radicalization is a result of the grand solar minimum that people like Ice Age Farmer and David Dubine have been warning us about for a very long time. You need to know about the grand solar minimum because it means that the radiation levels or the, the density of radiation from the sun reaching the surface of the earth is lower. It's lower. We're actually going into a cooler period, global cooling. And as a result of the lower levels of radiation, the previously predictable uh, jet streams and flows of warm air currents that would create uh, predictability for crops, that is turning into high variability you're going to get more Arctic blasts coming down further south into Canada, North America, or into Europe, which is happening right now. And so it means that a lot of springtime crops are going to be killed, or they're going to be shocked, or you have to delay your planting times, which shortens your overall planting season. And it risks your crops suffering drought from too much heat because you planted them late. So in, in essence, we're living in a world right now where the window of opportunity to grow foods, even, even from a weather point of view, which is affected by solar radiation, that window is shrinking. And then on top of that, people like Biden and the leaders of Germany and the UK and so on, they are deliberately trying to starve everybody to death with their policies to shut down energy, shut down fertilizer, shut down transportation, shut down the food supply. And now they can blame, they can still blame COVID. And you notice they've been pushing this new extra turbo COVID, what are they calling it? Like COVID EX or something. It sounds like a new car. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, Toyota has a new model. It's the COVID EX turbo with leather seats, you know? It's like, that's what they're pushing now in the media because they're, they're still desperately trying to cling to this COVID narrative in order to have an excuse for the shutdowns, for the, the, the lack of transportation, the lack of workers, the lack of the food supply. They're going to blame that, and they're going to blame Russia. And that's why they need to keep the war with Russia going. By the way, I'm scheduled to host InfoWars uh, today at, what, 1 o'clock Central. That's the third hour of the show. It's the Alex Jones show, but Alex, I think he's in Connecticut. I think uh, that's he's there because of the Sandy Hook court case situation. And so I was asked to host the third hour. Uh, sometimes those schedules do change last minute. But if you hear this in time, and you want to hear more details about all this. I do plan to be hosting the third hour at Infowars.com, where I will talk about this and much more. I might even have a guest. We'll see. I'm trying to put that together. And also, I should mention today's sponsor is the Food Grow Network with Marjorie Wildcraft, and that's at iCanGrowFood.com if you want to learn how to grow food. Now, 
Let's talk about Peru because this was covered by Reuters, but I'll, I'll read you the Zero Hedge headline. I'd much rather give uh, traffic to Zero Hedge than Reuters. Inflation protests erupt across Peru as president imposes curfew, calls in the military. Whoa. So you may recall that, I don't know, just a few days ago, I was laying out the timeline of the food riots that we're going to see around the world. And the food riots are beginning now in the Middle East. Soon they will spread to Europe over the next several months. And then I was predicting that uh, North America would see the food riots in the second half of this year. I neglected to offer a prediction for Central and South America and other regions of the world like, like India and uh, Asia and so on. Well, this South American situation just, boom, snuck up on us. Here we are. Suddenly, there's riots in Peru. And, you know, I've, I've been through uh, Peru, you know, not just Lima, but Cusco and other smaller towns and so on. And Peru is a nation of, uh, you know, very, very wonderful people, very polite people, but people who live in uh, poverty, uh, a large percentage of them, not all of them, obviously. There are rich and there are poor, but there's a lot of poor in Peru. And so that's a country where a lot of people are just on the edge of not making it. And when food or fuel prices increase in a country like Peru, uh, it doesn't take much for people to just lose it and take to the streets. And by the way, there's also a tradition in South America where I, I lived, you know, in Ecuador for a couple of years. There's kind of a tradition of people taking to the streets. It's a, a more accepted form of uh, protest against government in Central and South American cultures. Whereas in the United States right now, the radical left has said that, oh, protesting is, well, at least protesting against Biden is illegal and you might be a terrorist. Whereas the same people said protesting against Trump was patriotism and it was courage and it was, quote, mostly peaceful, you know, while they're throwing Molotov cocktails and cars and buildings are burning in the background. Remember the CNN broadcast? Mostly peaceful fires are breaking out. But in South America, they will take to the streets and use that to send a message. And so that's happening in Peru. So as Zero Hedge reports, uh, inflation poses severe challenges for emerging market economies. Yes, uh, in Peru, social unrest is spreading across the country, forcing the government to impose a curfew in the capital, Lima, on Tuesday. Quote, the cabinet has agreed to declare a ban on the mobility of citizens from 2 a.m. through 11.59 p.m. of uh, Tuesday, April 5th, to protect the fundamental rights of all people, said Peruvian President Pedro Castillo in a broadcast. So uh, Zero Hedge reports the South American country was already struggling before the commodity prices jumped to record highs because of the Ukraine invasion and virus pandemic supply chain disruptions. You notice what Zero Hedge is reporting is what I just explained as the two big reasons, kind of the excuses that the Biden regime is going to use to justify the food scarcity in America. They're going to blame Russia and they're going to blame COVID. But here's the key sentence in this article, quote, social unrest began last month as demonstrations led by farmers and truckers have intensified over soaring food, fuel, and fertilizer prices. Oh, you got that? Food, fuel, and fertilizer prices. And that's going to be the theme globally as the riots spread. You are going to see riots in America, although my prediction is those will happen later this year. But I've been wrong about this. I've been kind of late. It might happen in June or something, but I'm predicting more towards the end of this year, more like a November timeframe is my guess. So one thing that governments are doing, and this is happening in California, it's happening at the national level in America, but it's also happening in Peru. Quote, days ago, Peru finance minister Oscar Graham reduce the consumption tax for fuel and basic food items, hoping it would quell protests. This all comes as Peru's annual inflation hit 6.82% in March from a year earlier, the most since 1998. So anytime these official government numbers are saying 7% or 8%, it's really more like 15 to 20% or more. 
and, and Peru is actually seeing more like a 20 plus percent increase in prices of food and fuel. And much the same is true for virtually every, every area in Central and South America. Now, you notice that the finance minister has reduced taxes on fuel and food items kind of as a way to try to buy off the protest or preempt them so that people can still barely afford to get by. And this brings up an interesting question, like why do you have taxes on that stuff anyway? If you can just drop the taxes and if you can just print money, why do you tax the people at all? And actually, although this is a different topic, you come to realize that the entire purpose of taxation in America, just as in Peru, is to keep the people trapped in poverty. In a country like America, where they can print trillions of dollars anytime they want, there is no reason, no justification for taxation from a fiscal point of view. They don't need federal taxes on anybody. They can print the money. They're printing it anyway. I mean, Biden's budget for 2023 is what, $5.8 trillion? Let's just call it six. Six trillion dollars. Well, how much does the government collect from income taxes? What, a little over three trillion? Maybe 3.5 or 3.7 or something like that? So you know they're going to print three trillion dollars anyway, or, or a couple of trillion. But by the time you add in all the stimulus money and the bailout money and everything else, it's going to be they're going to be printing three, four, five, or six trillion dollars. So why not just print the other three that they're collecting from people in taxes? Why not just have a permanent tax holiday? And the answer is because they have to keep you down. The point of taxation is to loot you, is to take from you, to prevent your economic mobility so that you can't actually get ahead. You can't save money because they're stealing from you via confiscatory taxes, which are utterly unnecessary. And then they're printing money, which is devaluing your dollar, trapping you in a cycle of poverty where you're going to pay double, triple, quadruple for food and fuel. And by the way, they're also effectively murdering all the dairy herds. So good luck ever getting cheese and yogurt you know, for the next several years. That's going to be an ancient memory. Remember when fruit was at the bottom of these cups and you could stir it into the delicious cream? <laughs> Remember when we had Greek yogurt, even though none of us knew what it meant to be Greek? Yeah, in the next few years, we're going to have a bunch of old-timer stories. And well, I got to tell you, kids, back in the day, we used to be able to buy three cups of yogurt for just $2. And the kids were like, no way, Grandpa. Is that really true? Oh, yes, it was. Back in them days, we could get pre-shredded mozzarella cheese. Just open the pack and eat it with your bare hands. You know, like that kind of thing. No way, that's impossible. Oh, no, it wasn't. And the beef jerky, it was made from actual beef instead of soylent green. You know, <laughs> I could go on, but you get the point. So you notice uh, Biden's trying to do kind of the same thing. He's released the strategic oil supply in America, you know, to coincide with the midterm elections, going to release all the oil day by day for the next six months until election day. And then after that, he's like, ah, screw the, the people, you know, election's over. But they're draining the strategic supply. And the whole point of having a strategic supply is, you know, an emergency backup. Well, that's gone. Thank you, Biden. Once again, I mean, shuts down our domestic energy production and then destroys our emergency supply while ordering the rail carriers to stop delivering grain to the, the cattle and dairy operations and starve out the American people while we're having fertilizer shortages and so on, and while you're, you're keeping the war going in Ukraine in order to have a scapegoat for all this. I mean, this is, this is government genocide against the people. And this is after the bioweapon release, which was funded by the American government. A gain of function... Anthony Fauci, NIH, the whole deal. That was a bioweapon. And the vaccine was a depopulation weapon, a gene-altering intervention, wildly experimental. All the data coming out now from Pfizer and the FDA shows they knew this was extremely dangerous. They knew it was going to kill people. 
by multiples of, of all the other vaccines combined, they knew this was going to be a genocidal weapon against humanity. They knew it. It's all in the documents. And now, you know what these globalists must be thinking right now? Probably telling each other, damn, these Americans are hard to kill. They're like cockroaches. Like we keep stomping on them with, with bioweapons and vaccines and they're still alive. What do we got to do to get rid of these yanks? You know, starve them out, burn them out, release 5G weapon kill switch systems. What do we got to do? <laughs> well, the American people are pretty resilient. It turns out some of us in places like Texas, uh, score like bonus points on the resiliency chart. We're really hard to kill. <laughs> not that they're not trying, but uh, they're not going to be successful, I don't think. So as this uh, Zero Hedge article says, uh, talking about South America, quote, the continent is a ticking time bomb for unrest. We've also outlined countries outside South America that could be prone to unrest due to inflation and food shortages. So you're going to see, even before America erupts into uh, food riots and violent protests and uprisings and the burning of cities and so on, and that's coming, but even before that, you're going to get the leading edge of this wave of human refugees from Central and South America as those countries experience, well, accelerated collapse. This is what we're looking at. This is a this is an engineered global collapse on a timeline, kind of a ripple effect from the low-income countries first and then rippling up to the high-income countries later. But when the low-income countries or you know, developing nations, when they get hit first and they go into a collapse, which is coming for many nations, they, they have a lot of refugees, millions of refugees. So if you thought that the U.S. southern border was already a bad situation with all the refugees from Haiti and El Salvador and wherever coming across, buckle up, folks, because it's going to be a never-ending wave of starving people who have nothing left to lose. And they will head north from Mexico and Central and South America. They will head north. And the Biden regime and the Democrats and uh, Mayorkas, I'm referring to uh, Alejandro May Mayorkas of uh, Homeland Security, and he recently said, well, actually, this came out in a leaked memo, that he wanted to make sure the government did everything possible to allow every refugee to stay in the United States indefinitely, no matter what. Because this is the Democrats' strategy for if they allow, if any elections are allowed to take place, the only way for the Democrats to ever win again after they have annoyed and infuriated the American people is to flood the country with starving refugees who are so new to America that they haven't yet learned that the Democrats are trying to kill everybody. And so they might be tricked into voting for Democrats. And if they can get enough of those people to walk in, then the Democrats might still hold on to power for a little bit longer, even as the American people are being utterly destroyed by Democrat policies, which is, of course, the entire plan. 